are listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Wednesdays at noon on all podcast platforms. How are you all doing? Doing all right. Good. How are you? Hello. Hello, mystery Good. guest. <laughs> can you can you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, so I am Matthew Slatt. I am a PhD student at the University of Virginia, but also working with a group of people to help bring participatory budgeting to Richmond. Yes. Actually, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the research fellowship? that you uh, were awarded? Because I find that to be really interesting, the subject matter. Uh, the one with the, uh, the Gauton one? Yes. Yeah. So my research is focusing on grassroots uh, political movements. And a lot of it kind of comes out of being based in Charlottesville and kind of seeing things happen, seeing how the community is responding after the events of 2017. And seeing really great things happening, but they're all kind of very siloed. And then and then I look around both the U.S. and I look around the world and I see some amazing uh, efforts happening in like Barcelona and Jackson, Mississippi and Durham. Um, and there's even something spreading up in Richmond that are really kind of like, how do we build, build grassroots power? And then how do we use that then to enact change in our cities? So I got a grant to do some research and go visit some people and, and take a, actually also take a group of people from Charlottesville down to visit a few sites. And um, that's what we'll be doing over the next year to think about how do we take what's going on elsewhere and be inspired by it and maybe bring it back to Virginia and help, help with some things that are going on in Charlottesville. Cool. And part of that, whole process includes things like participatory budgeting, correct? Yes. So a lot of the groups are doing a bunch of different things from building like solidarity economies to citizen platforms. But another thread of something that they're doing is is working on participatory budgeting. So can you explain to our listeners (laughs) what participatory budgeting is? Because it sounds kind of, you know, obvious, but it might not be. Yeah, uh, uh, the name, it's hard, even hard to say sometimes. So, um, actually in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually in Brazil, they call it um, the people's budget, which is mm. a little easier to understand. So participatory budgeting is basically described as a way to for the community to kind of manage public dollars. So what happens is a city sets aside some money from somewhere in their budget and then over a year, the community goes through a pretty extensive and deep process about coming up with ideas for how that money might be spent. And then based on those ideas, they write proposals with budgets and they do some research about the impact of those projects. And then uh, the final step is that the community gets to vote on the projects they want to see happen. So, uh, yeah, it usually takes about a year and it's been going on for about 30 years uh, started in Brazil and uh, has been growing immensely. So it's it's about time it started in Virginia. So can you tell us how you were involved in bringing that to Richmond? Because uh, in September, September twenty third, our city council passed mm-hmm. a resolution laying out I think three million dollars towards yeah. the participatory Ye- budgeting project. Yeah. So they allocated three million. Uh, 
each year over five years. So to- in total, $15 million, which is actually really exciting. Oh, that is um, really exciting. It's amazing. Yeah. So let me give you a little history, and, yeah. and you can just tell me if, if how much you really want to hear about all this. But, oh, no, um, we want to hear it so, all. We, we've got, you know, <laughs> so just lay it all out. You're not boring. Okay. We're into it. So, so I'm going to go back. So participatory budgeting started in the U.S. in 2008 in Chicago, and then there's a an organization that started in like 2010 called the Participatory Budgeting Project. They have been working all over the U.S. to do to bring this to different cities. So it's in mostly in kind of like uh, northeastern cities, some Midwest cities, and some kind of uh, California and like or Northwest. And uh, I just so happened to have a friend that was very involved in it. So she kind of told me about participatory budgeting way back when this was getting started. And when I first moved to Virginia and to Charlottesville, I was trying to get something going. We've been working on it for, in Charlottesville for four years. Um, and it's been kind of off again, on again, off again, on again. But in that time, I've, I'd been in touch with uh, Councilman Addison, Andres Addison, because he had come to an event that we hosted here in Charlottesville like two or three years ago with this amazing woman who's a kind of a participatory budgeting organizer around the, around the U S her name's Maria Hayden. And he expressed some interest, but then I was primarily focused on efforts here in Charlottesville. But the summer, uh, with efforts in Charlottesville kind of looking good, they, I kind of reached out to Andreas just to see, just to see, just to kind of have a conversation that was not, not really expecting very much. And it so happens that his liaison, Daniel Wagner, had been a part of the participatory budgeting process in New York City when he lived there. Oh. Um, and some new, like all of a sudden, some new, there was like some new interest. And so from there, I reached out to a few different friends. Ryan Rin, who used to be the ED, executive director at Storefront for Community yeah. Design. And then Ebony Walden, who's a, a, just a great, again, a great friend and someone I really respect. And so we just started having a conversation about how this possibly can move forward. Um, not really expecting that it would move forward this quickly, but we started really thinking about, like, how do we make an argument for this starting in Richmond? Knowing, well, thinking that it would be a, it was going to be difficult, and we're going to have to, you know, play politics and you know try to convince a bunch of different people to get this moving forward. And yeah, uh, about a month ago, well, we had started meeting with a bunch of city council members because again, you have to get this this chunk of money set aside first. Um, that's kind of the big one of the big hurdles because if you don't get that to the side is really nothing to do. I mean, there's things you can you can organize and do some smaller things, and other cities have done that. But if you really kind of get that money set aside by the city, you've got something to move forward on. So we just started talking with various city council members one by one and getting their buy-in and feedback. And then, yeah, about a month ago, I, I had the honor of, of going in front of council and giving a pretty short presentation on the idea and... That then went in front of the finance committee the, a week later, and um, and then it came in front of council again two weeks later uh, from when I spoke originally, and yeah, unanimously passed. So yeah, that the the three million dollars kind of puts Richmond actually on uh, the front of leading uh, participatory budgeting efforts in the South. There's been some mm-hmm. other efforts in Greensboro and Durham. Uh, and a few others kind of starting kind of in the South, but this would, this kind of makes a big statement about what Richmond's willing to do and, and move forward with. So that's the long story. <laughs> the way this is set up for our citizens to get involved in this sort of thing is there's um, mm-hmm. kind of what, like a council set up to yeah. do this? How does yeah, this so work? The, <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying, like, I know on the phone, it's so weird. How does this actually yeah. work, the implementation of this? Like, how is it going to work for us? Yeah, so that is a, is a big question right now. Not in a bad way. It's just that the money that set, that set aside is is for fiscal year 2021. So that's next year. Okay. So money is allocated after July of 2020. So in the next year, what has to really happen is, is the community has to have a conversation about like what this is. And that's a big piece of what we're going to be doing in the next few months. And doing things like what we're doing right now is really important to get just getting the word out into the community about what this is. So we're going to be doing some education. We'll be going hopefully down to visit Durham because they had a really successful process last year in their first year. And we'll be doing some talks and some meetings and just trying to get the word out to the community. But and to start to think about like how this might work for Richmond, because what's important about this process is that it works for Richmond. Like every city that does it does it a little bit differently, and it's all different because of those different cities and what they need, their needs are. So I've all, I'm always an advocate of really thinking through how could this work for, for Richmond in a you know in the best of all ways. And so what we'll do is start to have that conversation, you know, start gathering ideas, making those public, that feedback as public as possible. And then starting in probably in next summer, there'll be a steering committee that will get sorted, that will get, get organized. Now, usually it's a pretty interesting mix of like community members and some city staff, uh, usually no um, city council members, but they start to kind of design, kind of lay out um even though you have this kind of framework for how this works, which has been tested and um, has been working amazingly well, you have to really think about, well, how are we going to allocate the money? You've got $3 million. Is that spread evenly across the different districts um, or neighborhoods? Or is it, are we going to allocate some money to neighborhoods more that have been disinvested in long-term and, you know, less in other districts that have been, you know, are, are, have seen pretty significant investment from the city um, how are we going to reach out to people who aren't at the table and who have maybe are you know maybe are distrustful of of uh, civic processes uh, in in Richmond? So um, a lot of hard, hard hard conversations have to be had with that steering committee, and then um, they kind of they kind of design the process for the year, and they're not going to get it perfect in the year, first year. I mean, you know, it's a new idea, it's a new way of doing things, so you try to design as best as you can and then you have to implement it. And then along the way, you kind of rethink it as, as best as possible to make sure it's kind of achieving the goals that you, that the community wants it to achieve. So that, that, that's, that's kind of the first process. And then probably in the, in the later in the fall is when the idea collection process will really start up. Um, and efforts we will, we partner up with various community groups that are working in various neighborhoods to reach out to the community and sort of listen to what ideas they would have for the, for how best to invest this money in the, in the, in their neighborhood. When the steering committee is put together though, who appoints them? Is it the people? Do we put names forth? Do people um, volunteer for that? You know, is there some sort of lottery system? Like how does that work? Because a lot of times when people get appointed around here, it's by city council and there ends up being an explosion over it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have an answer for that yet. We haven't even gotten that far in right. thinking about it. But it's a great question. I mean, and we try to get as 
as broad a group as possible. I know for me, um, I'm I'm always advocating that that youth are at the table. Yes, um, that's super so, important. Awesome. Yeah. So like we're uh, one of the things the groups that we've, I've been talking to has been really amazing, and we've been working on this. Like we actually applied for some funding last year to, to kind of do a youth-based version of participatory budgeting, uh, Rise for Youth. Um, yep, they, yep. They, they, we were partnering with them. We just submitted a grant uh, to the Robbins Foundation that would actually, like, dr- like, the community engagement process would actually very much be driven by youth. So we were trying to figure out how do we, like, center them in this process and make sure they're at the table from the, from the get-go their voices are very important to being a part of this. Um, but those are conversations that we have to have, uh, have. I mean, go back to your question. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, um, a big piece of what we'll be working on the next few months is to try to figure out, like, how do we make sure that the right people are at the table and, um, and making sure, cause it, so especially because it's a citywide initiative, um, how do we make sure we're getting getting the right people from the different parts of the community or direct the city to, to be be there? And um, that's something we'll be putting together um, probably in the probably probably in more in early next year than anything else. But it's a really vital question. Yeah, because it really is important around here is people always end up feeling like, you know, their group is left out in some way or there's some sort of um, agenda or motive or whatever. Yeah, the fix is in at all times. And so (laughs) I really do think like when you guys are setting this up to keep that in mind, because we're trying to, you know, we really are trying to make it so that Richmonders really want to take part in their in their government and, you know, um, let them know that it's not scary and the fix is not in on this one, you know. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's the great thing about the process is there's a bunch of different uh, moments in the in the year long process where people can kind of check in or participate. So like the steering committee is a lot of work, right? Like you're spending a decent amount of time kind of setting this bigger, larger vision for how this is going to work. And then you kind of play a role throughout the process. And then there's moments when you know, when you're doing idea collection where you, you might, you know, you know, people might volunteer to go door to door in their neighborhoods and knock on doors and talk to people about the project and kind of start to talk to them and listen to what they have to say. So, Ooh, that's for youthful like, legs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, a lot of, a lot, I'll say a lot of, uh, when I've seen participatory budgeting done really well, they treat it like, like a grassroots organizing effort and it's it's really about getting out into the community meeting people where they're at and sitting down and having conversations together and and trying to build from from there i mean that's 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 not done well then then the process has problems and and you want to make sure that that those voices are at the table from the get-go on to some of these ideas here yeah because like so in ours i'm looking at um, our resolution and it says mm-hmm. the mayor has the discretion to recommend or not recommend any capital project as part of the capital budget mm. and program of proposed capital improvement projects that the mayor submits each year so <laughs> yeah <laughs> for that for us I mean, in in this this old town of ours, hmm. that opens up another can of worms. Like we're going into you know a project that the mayor has proposed now that's mm-hmm. got a lot of people mm-hmm. on fire. And so when the mayor and <laughs> the government is involved in something that the people should be choosing, it makes people wary there too. How much um, how much sway does the public actually have when choosing projects? So I would say that if 
we go through this whole process, like if we go through this whole process of collecting all these ideas and then developing all these proposals, and then and there definitely is going to be feedback from the city because saying sure. they're making just making sure those projects are like can happen because the money is coming from a, a capital budget, so it has to be like a like a one time expenditure and it needs to be like on on city property and those types of things. Unicorn bars. Um, so there, <laughs> but I would say that that in the end, if if all of a sudden the mayor comes through and says, you know what. Uh, I don't believe these projects should happen, and then we're going to do this instead. Like that's like that's the ultimate failure for this project, and that doesn't happen. Like I have not ever seen that happen in any other city. Um, really, again, like what what what's the what this process does? Is it like listens to everybody's ideas. It builds their capacity to take those ideas and turn them into like actual project proposals with budgets and arguments for why they impact the city, and then the community votes on them. And so that voting process is actually where the decision-making process happens for the allocation of all the money. And, you know, once that voting process happens, then the city should turn around and implement the projects that the, the that won the, the most votes. Uh, so usually, and, and I know there was concern from, from one of the council members about, you know, some developer showing up mm-hmm. and kind of running an idea through the process. And right. the good thing about this is that at every stage of the process, there's a very public and open and transparent uh, means of assessing the, pro- the the ideas that go forward or the proposals that go forward. So it's never one. I mean, right now, the, I, I would doubt most people have any idea of how the the capital improvement dollars are actually, like those decisions are even made right. or how that money's allocated. So this this puts that into the public and makes them totally aware and, and I'm in the in the projects I've done in the past, like when we even do the idea collection stage, like for me that that data that's coming uh, out of the community is the community's data. Like they own that knowledge and that experience and those understandings. And so it's important that you communicate that back to them to make sure you get this that right. And then um, and then you can move forward. So if if the mayor if for some reason comes through at the end or any city council moves comes through at the end. And all of a sudden says, you know, we're not going to do this. We're going to do something different. Um, and I know that's that's what we've been talking with to a lot of the council members about how do we make sure that this truly is about transparency and accountability. It's not even worth doing the project, to be honest. Yeah. Because that, that, that would just that would just replicate what happens every day. Hmm. So, <laughs> sure um, enough, yes. Yeah. So so those are those are the big things. I mean, um, I've seen a few places in cities where council members get a little bit nervous about some of the ideas that come forward but you know if you really sit down with people in their neighborhoods they know what they need like they, they experience it every day uh and so you know we need to find ways of trusting that knowledge and supporting it and um this can be a really great way to do that obviously this has been done in other cities uh, can you give us some examples of projects that have actually taken off because of this so yeah that people can kind of yeah, get an so, idea of what might be on the table for yeah. them yeah so again it all depends on where the money's coming from some cities have its discretionary money so it kind of can go to anything some cities are using capital dollars um some cities have like actually created a tax uh, they've added like a one percent tax and then they use that money to do this uh, work in their communities um the things that come up are, are pretty traditional i mean it, it's not like um mind-blowing stuff necessarily like you know uh you can watch some of the videos about about participatory budgeting on the web and 
It might be, you know, laptops for an after-school program. It might be benches for seniors. Uh, it could be a, a bus side. stop. Yeah, it, it could, <laughs> so it could be sidewalk. You know, some, some people in uh, Chicago were like, we need to fill these potholes in our streets. And um, that, that idea got moved forward. And they actually went out and, like, figured out, like, went out and with a, their camera on their phone and document yes. all the potholes on this one street hmm. and to show like how important right. that would be to, to doing so. Um, I mean, it could be a mural. It could be leaf a lot removal. of different things. I mean, with, since <laughs> leaf we removal. cut that out of the budget last year. Our mayor cut the leaf yeah. removal out and our storm drains are exploding, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things too about this is that you really want the projects to be as as visible as possible. Yes. You want people to to really understand that. Oh, I had an idea. You know, it was listened to. It went through this process, and then it got funded, and then I, I see it happen. Because for the most part, like when a city does like a major planning process, you know, they do a huge process. It's they spend a bunch of money on a bunch of consultants. You know that happens, and then the ideas kind of sit on a shelf for a long time, and then ten years later they might start to see it. I mean, the goal for this is really for people to be like, oh, you know, I wanted a stop sign on this corner of my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It got voted on and successful, and I see it happen within a year. So um, yeah. um, it's really about about making sure that that people see the the government function in a good way, and that um, and be really re- to the responsive. Process. Yeah, it adds faith. Yeah, that adds faith to the process too when you actually see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like the goal about this is building trust between right. Right. Uh, you know citizens of a city, residents of a city, and and you know the public dollars that are their dollars, and and the people that help distribute and decide, make decisions about that. So, I mean, the goal too, like I would say, is like, kind of, can we open up the system? Like, we, I mean, uh, even in talking to the kind of team that's working on this, we're like, Oh, how does that city actually make these decisions? We, I mean, we're like, we're delving into that, into that information and trying to figure out how do we make that public? Um, cause we want people to understand that. Oh, we're all learning together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I just blanked on what I was going to ask you. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have something that you want to touch on, just keep on rambling. It's like, just keep on talking. Cause I just totally lost my question. Oh dang. <laughs> oh, That's it, was, fine. it was probably good too. I'm over uh, here talking to her via dry erase board. That's probably what happened. We're discussing kind of uh, uh, via dry erase board while you're talking as well as we're discussing kind of, you know, how we see this going for Richmonders because yeah, we're really hoping that it's it's a different experience yeah. um, because mm-hmm. so many, so many times we're told we're included and then we're really yeah. not. So, um, and it's caused us to be uber skeptical and, and then people don't trust, you know? Well, yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know if you're following along right now, but we've got the um, Navy Hill commission going on mm-hmm. appointed by our city which council, is basically like a steering committee, what you're talking about. Right. And yeah. it's become kind of a <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> You know, well, why did you appoint this person? And that just ruins the diversity. And, uh, you know, I hate you, too. And, uh, you know, <laughs> all this nonsense. Yeah. Even even the steering committee, you know, I was reading that and I was writing that on the dry race board to Melissa, like steering committee equals commission debacle <laughs> show. Yeah. Because, you know, people wanted originally they said they wanted the commission to be, you know, representative representative of 
Just like saying participatory. We're ha- <laughs> yes. I've been practicing saying yeah. participatory yeah. for a week um, just so that we could have this episode. And now we've Rep- got to yeah. say representative. representative. God almighty. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was supposed to be representative of the citizens of the city. But, you know, a lot of people have criticized when they wrote up, you know, what the requirements were for people to sit on the commission. It was like... So you want a specific type of person because, and I mean, we even had a local reporter say, you know, based on those requirements, you know, name me five black people that can sit on that committee. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Like, so if we're going to start with that, you know, that was legit why somebody proposed, why council people proposed the commission was to have the people's voice in on this particular project. And basically because of the way that it was written for this committee commission you know to be put together and then the process that they took to get the commission together the nominations for people so on and so forth it was basically like okay i'm gonna stack the deck here and then the Mm -hmm. opposing people were like well i'm gonna stack the deck with this person and it's basically become just a very jaded process <laughs> even yeah. in and of its, I mean which is very much so the Richmond way and it's like man I just really wish that I hope that this is different and we can find a way to do it because it would I think give the people I mean we've been talking about transparency for how long oh my gosh you know mm-hmm. and it would be great yeah. if we could get people to buy into this could be transparent if it's done the right way Right, but, and it's not inaccessible. Like, the, right. anytime we have commissions like this or, you know, for the people, mm-hmm. by the people, whatever, it ends uh-huh. up being so high level yeah. that yeah. most of yeah. us feel locked out. Right. So I guess maybe yeah. the question along that lines is, are there checks and balances? Are there ways to, mm-hmm. like, to write into what you're looking for that it won't exclude certain groups or make it um, inaccessible? I mean, th- because really, that people are, are going to be mm-hmm. wiggy. Yep. If that's yeah. the right word for yeah. it. And, and they should be, right? I mean, like, right. like uh, I mean, you see, we see it over and over again that government is utterly bad at actually engaging the people it represents. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, how do you, I mean, how do you, how do you create the space and the ability for people who, you know, have full time jobs, you know, they have got to take care of their kids, you know, yep. all the yes. other things you do in your life. And then all on top of that, like, you know, show up to a meeting that like once a week and, you know, be and be mentally re- pre- prepared to say something. So I think uh, those questions are vital. Like the, and I think participatory budgeting in general, and I, uh, uh, and around like when I, you see it done really well, it is a, like the transparency is from like, from day one yeah right so the, all the decision making processes like you know when you know when you're steering committees like who's on that steering committee like that needs to be an open conversation mm-hmm. and i'm glad, really glad you're bringing it up now because we can start having that conversation now about how do we actually do this well mm-hmm. so that it sets a, a, a tone for then what happens in the future right because uh, richmond so will just the, throw you know uh, jim ucrop on the steering committee and that'll be the end of that <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I think really that's what that's what folks like us would like to avoid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because at first, I mean, well, my whole dang life, it's it. been he's been on every committee. Yeah, you know? you've got to you, you have, have to avoid, avoid it, it in order for it to actually, like you said, it's not worth doing if we're just gonna fluff it up. And so, if you're gonna do it right and it's gonna be successful, 
then, you know, you've got to do it. And I mean, I, I get excited right. when I hear, oh, true grassroots, like we're really going to do it yeah. um, that way. And then um, and then I always. But in a city in a city like Richmond, where, you know, um, yeah, big corporation controls, big corporations and their money control a lot of what's said and done and who gets where and what people are just skeptical because that's that's been the Richmond way. We've been so burned long. so, yeah. so many times. And I just, I, you know, when um, I saw you come up with this and um, watch the process, I was like, oh, crap, this is really like a make or break moment for mm-hmm. Richmond, honestly. Yeah. Like, how are you guys going to mm-hmm. respond to it this? It could be a pretty historic moment for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do hope that it goes the way that yeah. my that heart wants it to. That it, that it says on this paper here in this design process, these six yeah. steps, I hope that it goes that way. And it's, you know, successful because that would be an amazing thing. But it would also give people like us who talk about these things and, you know, review projects and look at things and say, well, you remember that one time at Bandcamp when we had participatory budgeting <laughs> yeah. and it worked? <laughs> it worked? Yeah. Right. It's possible, people. It's not, they're not all unicorns. We can do it. <laughs> like, yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'll say I talked to, I've been talking to a few different people in the community uh, about the process already. And I said, you know what? At any one stage, if you're unhappy, just like you need to voice that. Like come yeah. to like I'm I'm not. Sometimes you need um, in democracy and in, in good democracy, like people are going to disagree, and so then you how do you work through that process? And that's mm-hmm. a, that's going to be a big a big piece of how we move forward with this. are smack dab in the middle of another f-ing brutal episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, mania, mania! Heard every Wednesday at noon on all podcast platforms. You know, every, uh, pretty much every council member that we spoke to um, in, in kind of getting the argument and kind of educating them was like, oh, well, you know, how do we reach the people that don't show up at meetings and you know don't have a voice? And my answer is always like, well, where are they? Like, they're, we have to go to them. We have to go meet them where they are and figure out how, how best to build this from from there. And I think that's going to be something we're, we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to really fight for. I mean, other other cities also have that same desire, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, year one, they're 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 designing the process to make sure that that happens. So uh, like I know in, when we when we did this little pilot project, this arts-based pilot project in Charlottesville, we were working in a neighborhood that we were like, who isn't gonna, who's not gonna be at the table? And it was like, okay, people living in public housing. So our strategies for doing the outreach were like, well, how, like they, we were like, they are the audience that we have to get to the table. Mm-hmm. So how do we work with them? Like, so, well, you gotta talk to stakeholders and then you gotta start meeting at the, going to the, spaces where they are and, and mm-hmm. meeting with them and meeting with the kids. And so, um, you know, you, you have to take this, you have to take this approach where, where 
you, if you if you really believe in making that change happen, then you have to really take and do do take the extra effort to do that. Um, and one of the things we've been talking about in the process, we know that there's a ton of work already happening. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we have to go and create some totally new system <laughs> to 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 reach everybody. Like there's good work happening in Richmond already. So mm-hmm. how do we partner up with the organizations that are doing that work or the grassroots groups that are already doing that work and work through them and help you know provide funding into them that, that supports them to be better at what they do. So that's, that's a big piece of, you know, I think in the next few months, we'll, we're going to be getting, we're going to be trying to get people together at the table and you know, going out into, into neighborhoods and, sh- you know, showing some videos, just talking to people, starting to learn about that. Um, Cause that, you know, that is where like the people that come out of those, but those meetings are the people that you want on the on the steering committee and helping because there's just like I, I mean I, I have this real b- big belief that there's there's like this immense knowledge in, in, on every street about uh, about how that street functions and mo- for the most part we overlook that so how do we find ways of, of like magnifying that and strengthening it and um, giving people really good ways to to to, to make decisions about what they need in their in their neighborhood. And I think what's important in Richmond to also note the patron the original patron of this paper is the first district uh, council mm-hmm. person, which is the richest and whitest district in Richmond. And so I love that you know that patron has decided you know this is a paper he wanted to bring forth to bring this resolution. Great, and that's awesome. But what ends up happening is it, it that happens a lot and not necessarily a, as a bad thing on Andreas, like he's done a great job. But the, the parts of our city, of course, like you mentioned earlier, that need the most help are not in his district. And so yeah. what tends to happen is that people in those areas in Richmond, because there is such a stark difference between our first and ninth district, our first mm-hmm. and third district, you know, our first and eighth district, our second and <laughs> ninth district yeah, you know just, it's mm-hmm. just a it's a huge difference in in terms of demographic social economic mm-hmm. uh, class disparity different things and so a, a lot of what what happens a lot is that tried and true um you know white nonprofit system where someone comes into the neighborhood and tells them how they can help their problem yep. and things get done to those people instead of those people being a part of the process and so i'm hoping that this truly will be a process where, like you said, you have to go to those people, not tell them what is going to be done to them, but include mm-hmm. them in the process of, yes, absolutely, we have organizations that are doing things like food justice and, um, yep. you know, all, all these different, you know, already programs that are already working, but just need more funding, just need more help, need more support. Yep. That's a great way to do it instead of creating something brand new. <laughs> to now, do wow we've been talking about that a lot lately haven't we yeah, about yeah. that's the richmond way like that's richmond does that richmond. hey i, I want to do the same thing you're doing i'm gonna start another organization yes over here and <laughs> yeah. do the same thing and when i run out of money i'm gonna close up shop and leave the people that i've been helping <laughs> yeah or, or maybe not even helping just kind of putting a band-aid on you know a much bigger problem and then we don't really mm-hmm. get anywhere and so Richmond is so far behind. I was just thinking about this. I was like, what would people really ask for out of the gate? And just thinking about what some of those different asks are, because I mean, like I know 
like let's say for in for instance in the first district the only thing i've ever encountered that's been an issue for me i drive through the first district every day taking my son to school is potholes and to be honest they don't last that long there but you get them and they're crucial mm -hmm. and they're ridiculous meanwhile there's areas of you know like in the third district you're in the sixth which is just like it's just like pot crater Central, city and <laughs> they like the never get fixed. Of the moon like they just never yep. get fixed and it's like so one person would be like oh well we really need potholes but you're gonna definitely have people that are like in the third fourth eighth that are gonna say things ninth that are gonna say things like hey we need better housing we need more yeah. housing or we need you know bus shelters or mm -hmm. it would be great for us to have a grocery store because we live in a food desert. Good Lord. Right. <laughs> you know, and so it's yeah. like, all of our yeah. grocery stores are just hanging out in the, in the first district. Yeah. And so it's like, man, but, but again, that's where the money is. And so in order for us to change that process, again, the people who need the help can't be the only people screaming, hey, this needs to happen. Oh, man. Yeah. I guess like your yeah. promo machine is going to have to be working overtime yes. in every area to yeah. get the word yep. out. And and what the problem is, Richmond is absolutely so we're so far down in the in the on the list of needs that it's going to end up being a priority list of what do we do first? Because good God, mm -hmm. the list is long as hell. <laughs> I know. I'm actually that's something yeah. I'd really kind of excited to see is. Yeah. What happens but i bet you i i do i i guarantee you it's going to be very practical needs yeah it's going to be very practical mm -hmm. because we and we're, we're not going to find the unicorn barn on the list no yeah the there's, first time around <laughs> there's going to be so many no. things that you know are just really practical things that you know we need like i mean think about the third district there's no bank in the third district Mm -hmm. They closed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't think we have a um, the bank a bank in um, yeah. the sixth district either. Ours oh, is gone. It's gone. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's stuff like uh, I mean, but then of course like we're that. not going to be. I, I doubt they'll be like, please. Well, I know give they won't be like, hey, give me a bank. But I'm just saying, <laughs> the lack of a bank creates an open yeah. Yeah. vacuum for predatory lending, all these other things. And so when you have yeah. a lack of a grocery store, just like a lack of a grocery store creates a vacuum for you know, fried chicken boxes at every yeah. gas station. And that's how people mm -hmm. eat. And, and and these Dollar Trees are, do, not, sorry, not Dollar Tree, excuse the blasphemy, Dollar General and Yeah, because we dollars. love Dollar Tree. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like, you know, it, there's gonna be really practical needs and it's gonna be like legit a list of what do we do first because we need so much. I, I can guarantee you that yeah. one of the first things that's gonna be put on the, on that list is schools. You know, we're not building yeah. schools fast enough. We were, we wanted five schools and we ended up with three. Even with the boost in extra income with the meals tax, a hashtag eat in Richmond. Uh -huh. You know, it's like people, the, the damn list of needs is so damn long. I know, I know. Yeah. And so when it comes down to the citizens voting. Yeah, like, oh do my you, God. Do you have to put a, um, do you have a limit <laughs> yeah, like, on how many projects can be put forth and voted on because yeah we're look we're, we're yeah. jumping the cart straight in front of the horse i mean we're gonna we take to it all the way to the end of the internet <laughs> at that point <laughs> yeah that's great <laughs> so, so so typically uh the ballots i mean usually ballots are done by district so like in like in new york city because okay. the funding was coming from uh discretionary dollars that each uh city council member okay uh, set aside. Oh, that's so cool. like you would have, yeah. So it was like very like geographically located. Like the money was like here. Uh, I've got this money. I'm putting it up. Uh, they're they're moving to a citywide process right now. So okay. that's gonna be interesting to see how it changes. So it'll be more money. But, um, probably. 
Yeah, it'll be because a lot because there were a bunch of city council members that didn't do it. Mm. Um, uh, so so they're going from like fifty million to like two hundred fifty million in the yes. next year. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. So first things first is that that's like a third of participatory budget. budget is, for, like participatory budget isn't going to solve all of our problems. Like I will be the first person <laughs> at, to say at that. Once, like, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna probably provide a bank. It's probably not yeah. going to uh, get a grocery store. But right. what what I think was good about it is it creates this way of listening um, and people voicing their ideas. Because yeah. if if those ideas start to come forward and that, that's what we start to see in the in the idea collection phase. Then, like, then you can like tr- start turning to people and be like, "Hey, um, this is like, you know, this is something that people really want. You know, this project, like, the way that the the process is is being done, isn't going to allow us to do that." But you well, might be able else? to help us with that, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And there's there's history of like projects in, that don't get funding, like they they don't get the votes or the top votes, so they don't get yeah. But then, but they'll find an avenue somewhere found, else. Yeah, like a foundation will come in, or a, or a city council member will take some of discretionary dollars and be like, "Oh, that's a good idea. We need to make that happen." You know, we haven't talked to the schools yet. Um, actually, we haven't even talked to Mayor Stoney, to be honest. Yet, um, really, mm-hmm. our, the focus was just like, "How do we get council to buy into this?" And like, our kind of our dreams came true in the fact that we got a unanimous vote on. Yeah. on uh, on this. So I was actually didn't wanna... a little surprised that nobody <laughs> had any major pushback. I know. I mean, we're <laughs> and there's certain people that we really haven't spoken to yet. Um, and uh, I mean, the thing is, like all of them, the ones that we had talked to, all of them were kind of saying the same thing. They're like, how do I have some how do I give the people in my community a, a, a stronger say in how these, these capital dollars are, are invested in the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Um and then how are how are we reaching out to people that are, are at the table? That was like the two, and that was like of all the people we spoke to, that's kind of we heard across the board. But you know, in 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 a few weeks, we're going to go to one of uh, Riva's you know monthly meetings. We're going to talk about this and reach out to the, her the constituents that show up to those meetings. We're going to start to again start to host some and organize little events that we want to do with other groups. Because um, we don't want to again, we don't want to create another meeting. But like, how do we get on an agenda of someone who's doing something really great in the neighborhood, so we can get this into the community as soon as possible and start building the demand for it um, from from residents, uh, and then and then kind of move it forward. Because yeah, I mean, if 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 we're if we don't see the response from the community and the real their real demand that this is valuable, again, then it's not really worth moving forward with yeah um but but i think we can like in their year one people can be like oh i'm being actually listened to Hmm. um oh my ideas have meaning and they're they're being brought forward in ways that had never have been before um Mm -hmm. so i do think you're right about like hope like please keep being hopeful (laughs) that that that's what um is is vital to this process because i know that we can make that happen um it just—it's going to need a lot of commitment from a lot of people um, to really make this work. And um, as much as uh, I, I know, uh, efforts with Navy Hill are, are like extremely problematic. Like, what's amazing to see is that pe- mm-hmm. people are getting out to like to to, to advocate for this. They're showing up at meetings. Um, we just want to use instead of like fighting against something that people don't want. Um, 
we want to give something people something for people to fight for that they do want right. um and this could be this could really be hopefully be that so um but but i think you're 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 right in thinking about um these questions like one of the things we're starting to work on and and i would totally uh love to hear your opinion on this is um we were like well what if we designed or developed an equity index for this project so at every stage of the process from steering committee from like how does the outreach happening um what are the out like what are the long-term outcomes too like how are we achieving equity throughout this whole thing um and and de- kind of building an index that then says that one defines what equity is in Richmond to like, and then what are, what, what are the metrics that show that actually being achieved? And so that's something we're starting to think about and, and push forward. Cause like I'll say in the, in the original conversations, it was like, well, yeah, I mean, um, we like, I think Andreas will be the first person to admit that like his district, mm-hmm. you know, gets, gets a lot of investment um yeah. and there's other districts that need that investment like especially on the south side and whatnot and so do we allocate more money to to certain districts that have you know had long-term disinvestment so that they can they can reap the benefits of that and i think that's an important conversation i mean i i, I think the tendency like the council members are going to be one they're just like well, let's make it equal across all everybody yeah, but i don't think that that kind of ignores the fact that there's a history that we need to acknowledge yeah. exactly so, i um, think a, like an, an yeah. equity index is it's mandatory so i think you're going to end up having to put that on the list like mm-hmm. i think it yeah. really is for this to work here yeah oh, absolutely because that's what you're going to be hearing through the whole process is equity 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 mm-hmm. um yeah and, and health i think we're thinking a lot about health like how does you know how do we make sure that the projects too are helping uh helping people be more resilient and and, and stronger in in every possible way. So, Ooh, have you um, um, have you seen the um, the health outcomes by district that Brett Clawson did? We did an episode on that, and it's really interesting, and it might help with your research. And great, yeah, we'll have to see that. I know we were looking at some stuff that the health department had been putting out um, in terms of getting disparities between different different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, he did yeah. it by the district. He, he did it all by the district. It was his senior project for MCV. It's freaking fantastic. Okay. I'll link you to that. But also, if anybody's listening here, go back. It's it's on our SoundCloud. It's our pinned show. Yeah. And it will blow Great. your mind yes. how um, the health outcomes fit with the districts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the disparities, too. Yeah, so I think that's interesting yeah. that you're taking health into account. That is interesting. Yeah. So um, as this process ramps up, you know, we're going to want people to educate themselves um, on participatory budgeting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what can people do to kind of gear up for this? Yeah. So uh, they'll, we're going to be getting some kind of little bit of like a Facebook page, some kind of social media present or presence where we can start pushing just information out, you know, if it's, you know, some project that's been happening in, you know, in some other city and in the outcomes of that, um, there's an amazing video about the New York city process, which, um, I'm sure I, I can send to you and we can post it to the website. Fantastic. Um, it's, a, it's short, it's four minutes. 
Um, but it gives a really great synopsis of like how this works and how it's working elsewhere. Um, yeah. And then we'll, you know, if, if people are interested, they should, they should get in touch with me. And, and if, if they said, you know, I'm willing to get, you know, 15 of my neighbors together and sit down and talk about this, I, I, that would be an amazing opportunity for us. So, and I'm, I'm all about, you know, going and sitting down with someone uh, and some of their neighbors to, to think about how this would work for them. So um, I'm happy to, to put that my to put my information out for that to happen. Excellent. Put your information yeah. out. <laughs> what do you want, how do you want people <laughs> to contact you? Yeah, um, they can e- just email me uh, at, um, at info at pauslab.com. Um, and I'm happy to I'll happy to follow up and, um, you know, organize something or do a screening where there's, there's a film actually that was shot about um, efforts in Chicago called count me in. And we've got a copy of that. And I think we're going to start to take that out to some different places and screen that. Um, so people can keep in, they can kind of learn about the, how this might work in Richmond and start to think about, um, you know, how do we design this process? So again, it makes, it makes everybody, um, brings everybody to the table in a good way. So we have about three minutes left here. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you would like to talk about, let us know about this realm of participatory budgeting? I'm going to just keep saying it over and over again so I don't get tongue-tied. Oh, my gosh. PB, y'all, yeah. and not peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, people always, we always call it PB. Um, <laughs> so what else do I want to tell people? I, I think that... The, uh, again, for this to be successful in Richmond, again, I just want to reiterate, it has to be designed for Richmond and has to be developed for, you know, to make sure that residents have a, a, a voice in the process from, from the get-go. And I think we're, all of us are very cognizant of that. Um, um, you know, the, the, the exciting thing that, I'm I'm hopeful of. I'm really hopeful because I know it can accomplish this. Is that again that if someone shows up at a meeting that you know they might have stopped by uh, you know a, a meeting at a, um, a community center or a library or whatnot, they pop in. They're like, "What's this?" And they pop their head in and they kind of get sucked into the process and they start to see, oh, one, someone's actually listening, like, and not just listening, but like reiterating and supporting what you know they're saying um um and so i think people have an opportunity to to you know to build some agency and to build some some uh capacity i mean there's so many people think about the process and they're like oh it's about the 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 projects that get done there and that's true that's an important piece of this but really this is about like an it's actually a really amazing civic education process um people are going to get opened up to you know, how do we how do we make decisions together? Um, how does our city make decisions? Um, how do I get to know the people in city council or on city staff that I need to go talk to about, you know, fixing a pothole or whatnot? I know with the youth, like, like I, I want City Hall not to be some scary monolithic building. I want people to feel like they can walk in there and, and feel like they have some power to go advocate and talk to people about, about you know, about a need they might have in their neighborhood so oh that's interesting we have the same goal matthew (laughs) yeah (laughs) wow i mean so much of what you so much of you all do with rva dirt is is 
it's 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 actually set the tone for what like what's a best like a best case scenario is that people show, are showing up and um, speaking out. The problem is that like the systems we have in place right now just don't they don't really function that way. They they might right. like you said earlier, you know, someone might show up to a meeting and they might say something, but no one's really listening, um, um, and they're not really being advocated for. Uh, so, um, what I'm excited about with this process is that. There's people in the city staff that are already like, yes, this sounds amazing. We need to make this happen. There's city council members that are saying the same thing. And we're starting to, as we, as we get the information into the community, we're hearing the same thing from them. So hopefully we can see this really amazing confluence of all, all, all of that and, and really make something amazing happen for Richmond. Yep. I'm into it. I'm excited for cool. it. And um, we really hope. Yep. We have hope. Yeah. 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 Uh, and we'll, what we'll have to do, too, is like maybe once we get moving forward, we'll have to follow up with, with everybody and sit down again and talk about, you know, some specific piece of this that, that, that would be exciting to continue to, to continue to discuss about, discuss the process. Absolutely. Oh, That'd that'll happen. Amazing. So, you know, make sure you save some room for another conversation like this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Next time we can do it in person, too, yeah, which would be even better. <laughs> that would be really fantastic. Well, thank you so much, yeah. though, for phoning it in for us today. Matthew Slats, yeah. talking yeah. to us about PB. <laughs> PB. PB. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate mm-hmm. it, and we can't wait to talk to you again about participatory budgeting in Richmond. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything you all do and, and making making city government more accessible to people and bringing some humor to it which is important oh shucks yeah thanks i know (laughs) if you can't laugh about it really what do you have right exactly (sighs) well thank you sir have a wonderful evening talk soon yeah thanks so much Thank you, listeners, for tuning into today's awesome <laughs> episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Flint still has dirty water, and now New Jersey does too. Hmm, maybe somebody should look at ours. <laughs> RPS is fully funded this year, but we still got to fund next year. And as always, Richmond is still most certainly racist, but we're working on it. Talk to you next week. If you'd like to continue this conversation or start another, hit us up across all social media at RVA Dirt on our website, rvadirt.com, or email us at info at rvadirt.com. RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, 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 is created and co-hosted by Francesca Lee Davis and Melissa Vaughn and is recorded in the studios of WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Executive producer, Melissa Vaughn, censorship button tester, Francesca Lee Davis. (laughs) 